0: Have you struggled with burnout or moral injuries as a physician? Have you ever considered leaving the field completely? What if I told you that the work-life balance you're looking for isn't as far away as it seems? Let's go.
1: Residency can be such a letdown when it comes to building your financial foundation, but it truly doesn't have to be that way. If you're a physician wanted to take control over your financial future and take back the freedom you deserve, come hang out with this money nerd No long hours or sleepless nights, just you, me, and the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Inman. And
0: I'm your co-host, Jimmy Turner.
1: And welcome back to the show. Excited to get another recording with Jimmy done. We are back at it for our Wednesday segment. And we're going to be discussing partial FI, or financial independence, I should say, and how it sparks joy. Right, Jimmy? (laughs) Right all right sorry i had to do the spark joy thing but no for real how partial fi can potentially cause you to be happier with your work and your home life but as always before we jump in we need to hit that important disclaimer
0: this show is not personalized financial advice for you in fact this is for your entertainment purposes and should only be seen as general education neither of us can give you any specific advice on your financial situation through the show so if you aren't a do-it-yourself financial guru. You should consult an attorney, CPA, or a fee-only financial planner like Ryan before you go and make any big money decisions. So, Ryan, we're talking about something I call partial fire on my site, but since we kind of got in trouble for using the word fire on a prior episode, I'm just going to call it partial fi. But given that I call it partial fire on my site, I'm just going to maybe slip up once or twice. People have to forgive me.
1: Before we dive in- You slip up once or twice though. We know that. it's going to
0: happen for sure. So before we dive in to exactly what this term means, I want to share how I found Partial phi, and kind of put it in the right perspective. So for the last 12 months, I've actually had some of the hardest times of my life. So I, I had some career obstacles I put in the way. My wife and I moved after living in the same house for nine or 10 years and my kid was in counseling. I started struggling with anxiety and depression, all to find out that I, I have Graves' disease. So my thyroid was going, going haywire, which has given me a lot of this trouble. But at the time, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know that yet. And so I felt like a total failure. And so I started getting treatment and things started making more sense. But in the meantime, when I didn't really know what was happening, I just thought this was all work-life imbalance and stress-related. And so I started looking for ways to make our situation more sustainable. My wife works full-time. We've got three kids. It was a really, really busy time. And so I started messing around with the idea of of changing my work schedule. And then I soon discovered that even though my work schedule wasn't the root cause of all these issues, by reducing my workload, I actually improved a lot of the aspects of my life. And many of those things that I mentioned before, the, the issues that I had going on they really, really improve. So it, that's what kind of led me to discover the idea of partial FI. How I would define that is the the point at which you are financially secure enough, or at least on the path to being financially secure enough that you can afford to decrease your workload at work without dramatically impacting your retirement timeline or your financial timeline. So given my long road the last 12 months and how much this has helped me, I'm really excited to discuss this on today's show. But I know this is this idea is actually, should be somewhat familiar to you you've mentioned taylor didn't really do a traditional full-time gig right around the time you're having kids she's finishing training right
1: yeah we decided to have four have two kids in fellowship so in that three-year period to have two little ones was quite a lot while she was still doing her full workload and so when she finished it was and we had this planned out it wasn't just like hey by the way when i finish next month where i'm not going to work it was we knew this even going into fellowship was that she wanted to take some time? she's been busting her butt you know she wanted to be with the kids, and I was so excited that she was able to do that. Now she wanted to take like a year, and I know her, and I was like, there's no way she's going to last a year. It'll be like three months, maybe. I think she lasted like seven, but which is which is awesome. But then she started doing locums and earning a little bit and and it was obviously helping out when money comes in, but we'd already planned for it. And so having that plan and putting it together, we did kind of experience this like partial fi, even though we by no means are able to, you know retire at this point. We still need to work, We still need to earn money, our investments still need to grow and, and all that kind of stuff. But in the beginning part, we were very diligent with saving and, and understanding that this was our plan, and that kind of fueled our purchasing decisions. It fueled, what we did and how we interacted with not only like ourselves but with money and in our external our, our external habits and things. So it it it's that goal was what fueled kind of everything as we were progressing through. But it, it's an amazing thing. I, I wish we could do it now more permanently. But t- Taylor found a job that she loves and I don't think she would go partial fi at this point.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think that's an interesting an interesting thing, two points. One being that you have to take care of getting your financial ducks in a row first, right? You have to have made some solid financial decisions and truly have a plan. And so, I couldn't have done this out of the gate either. You know, we came out with a couple hundred thousand dollars in student loans, we had a couple of car loans, and so our fixed expenses, you know, just from that stuff was was higher than, you know, I would have liked it with the amount of money that we'd have reduced coming in by going partial, you know, fire part-time. And partial FI is going to look different for everybody, right? So I I think that that's important to mention that this isn't just part-time work. This can be a a decrease in your workload, however you define that, that improves your work-life balance that you're now able and allowed to do because your your finances are in order. And so that's going to look, you know, different. Now I'm in academics, you know, for, for me, this could look like taking less shifts. And maybe making less of a quarterly bonus from incentive pay for picking up extra shifts, it could look like, which is what that's actually done for me. I still am full time, but I'm still working dramatically less than I used to because I was trying to make more money to pay off my loans and we were short staffed. And so partial five for me is still full time work. And I've started to focus on the things, you know, because like Taylor, I, I love what I do. And so you know, I've, I've enjoyed focusing on the aspects of my job that I really, really like. And I've started saying no to things that, that, you know, just don't really bring me a ton of pleasure.
1: Yeah. And if you didn't, let's say, love what you do as much as you, or let's say Taylor does it it, by doing partial phi it would allow you maybe to have other hobbies or pursue something else that is near and dear to your heart. Even if the monetary reward isn't in line with like the highest and best use as i put it in in quotes right because nothing is probably going to pay you more per hour than being a physician you've trained so long for that but partial five you've got your ducks in a row you've got your plan put together and you're able to do that it might allow you to experience a different line of work or different additional income stream and it doesn't have to be as lucrative if you will as working as a physician because you can afford it and and it allows you to go and kind of recharge your batteries in a different way and work through and experience something different too. Yeah,
0: and, and I'll say that that's actually been something I've been trying to focus on a lot lately is looking at the positive side of things and and being, you know, thankful for what I have and and just trying to get back to, you know, who I am at the the root of what I really enjoy in life and and the passions I have. And with more time that I've had away from work, I've been able to do that. Like I'm I'm reading books again, I'm hanging out with my family more. I am you know, enjoying those things that you're mentioning and picking up hobbies. I have thought about brewing beer again. Uh, I used to brew beer before my my second kid was born. I haven't done that in six years. So, you know, I've thought about doing that because I have more time now. And before, all I had time to do was to essentially do my job, do the tasks for my family that were, were required. And then I worked on my blog. I mean, those were the only three things that I did the vast majority of the time because that's all I had time to do, you know? And, and now that I have more time, I actually have some time to offload. I went, I went to the gym today and I worked out and you know, then I had a phone call and now we're, you know, doing podcasts. And so, you know, ha- having that time really has been beneficial to me. And it's, it's been beneficial in terms of just kind of refining myself, to be honest.
1: Yeah. That's nice. You went to the gym when you normally are like, Hey Ryan, we got to make this uh, kind of quick. I got to get on the golf course man." I, well, okay. I- Beers aren't going to drink themselves right to, to be
0: fair right before right before this this podcast that we're recording, I watched a YouTube video on how to hit a golf ball better, and I would be at the the driving range doing that right now, but it's raining in North Carolina, so uh, I'm not big on playing golf and pouring rain
1: yeah, I don't think that'd be too safe either but. <laughs> well you know there's there's a couple of reasons why partial fire is, is it, it could be a great thing for someone. And I know you've got a couple reasons, I think that you believe that what partial fire would provide. Why don't we go into those? And then I think we'll then transition into, you know, how can people start to achieve that piece, right? Sure. So why don't we jump into to those two?
0: Yeah, so uh, obviously a lot of my writing and speaking comes at all of this from a, a space of how to prevent and deal with burnout. And so um, some people look at, fire, financial independence, retire early as a as an escape hatch to, and I've written about that myself before, to basically leave medicine because the job isn't what they thought it would be. And I don't think that you have to leave. I don't know if that's the, the answer necessarily, although I've got no problem with, with physicians firing early if they want to, but it provides freedom from your job. So that might be less shifts. It might be saying, hey, I'm a surgeon and I really hate doing procedure X. And I'm not going to do that anymore, even though Procedure X pays me more than Procedure Y that I enjoy more because I I don't really need the money. You might decide to go to a different practice location and realize that it's going to make you less money. That might be a transition from private practice to academics. I know lots of doctors that went from private practice into academics, made less money, but they knew that their schedule would be better and they enjoyed teaching residents. And so they cut back from work, they cut back from the paycheck they were bringing home because their financial ducks were in a row, and then they came back to academics and really enjoyed their job more. So it provides some freedom at your work and really allows you to to enjoy that better. Other things, it it, it really does allow for that better work-life balance that I mentioned earlier. If you want to coach soccer on Tuesdays for your kid, they got they're playing soccer and and that's a thing for you. Take Tuesdays off, or make sure make sure Tuesday's a half day at clinic, or you know design that however you need to in your specialty to allow for you to to be at the things that are important to you. And partial phi can allow you to do that if you don't need to work the extra half day at clinic and see those extra patients because you're not dependent upon that uh, income is coming in. Because you're right, right? We in medicine you earn so much in terms of an hourly. Income for what you do—it's hard to make that income elsewhere and to you know really you know make it worth it in a way. But that Tuesday soccer practice may be worth more to you than the the five hundred dollars you're missing out on.
1: Yeah. So and and sometimes I joke around and I'm like, God, I wish I could moonlight and earn it some extra income. Like I wish that was available in my profession, which it's it's not. And then I stop and think, you know what though? I wouldn't want to do it. I love what I do. I enjoy what I do. And I, in a different way than this. I've decided I left a, a really nice six-figure job, started my own thing because I wanted to work with the people I wanted to work with, and I will tell you it is not as lucrative as as it was. It took many years to get back to even where I was, but it, I'm so much happier. Mm-hmm. And I was just asked; I was I, I got quoted in a, in a publication, and and it was about entrepreneurship, and they asked how do I basically you know view success, and to me it was uh, you know I want to be able to be there for my kids. The, you know i do pickups and drop offs and, it, and taylor helps but like i i enjoy that i get to spend time with them in the afternoon when they get home and i and i can work in sandals yeah. like that to that's me and i don't have to sit in san diego traffic like i feel like i won the lottery being able to do what i do what i do what i love and have those other things so even if you're not a physician, you're a spouse of a physician listening, like this still is I think applicable to you. It's, it's really the work you want to do. And, and is there other things that maybe you want? And if so, and I think maybe Jimmy, we, we transition here into like, how can people maybe start to achieve the partial fire, you know, financial independence, like like mess it up to all the time. Before
0: we jump there, I I want to mention one other thing. So you know, you mentioned like the you loving your job. I think one really, really maybe the most important part of, of this idea is that I cannot tell you the number of people that I know who I've, I've either heard, heard or read their story online or talked to them in person who were just completely just burnt out to the core at, at, in their job they took some time to reflect on that. They either took a sabbatical, they took a month off, they you know started taking you know Tuesdays off or whatever, reduced their workload and fell back in love with medicine because they had some time to refresh and renew away from the grind. And so when you talk about loving your job, a, a lot of time it's really just an imbalance issue. And so if people could just take some more time to, to have things outside of work, have some time to do things outside of work. I, I, I just know so many people that are, Falling back in love with medicine, even even if they were just super crispy. So I think that's important to mention.
1: Yeah, it's really good perspective on on that because, and we've we've seen the same thing with some of our clients that we're working with that that you know a little bit of just per, it's a different perspective, right? And then we talk on the show about like a mindset around money and changing that over time, and hopefully every show like whittles a little bit away, and eventually you know this is you're creating different habits and more positive things, but yeah, the perspective is different, and and uh, as, that was really good insight. There. Yeah.
0: So in transitioning into to ways this this could be practically applied, because you know, we don't want to talk about just things that are up in the clouds, just practical advice, ways that you could find partial five. So I've got a few of them to mention. One is that you can reduce your FTE. So you could, if your job or practice allows you to cut back to 90% or 80% and and work a little bit less you're working more than full time, then I guess you could cut back to full time, which is kind of the move that I took. And that is obviously going to be accomplished by living within your means. So in other words, the income that you bring in is going to be reduced because you're working less. And so your living expenses have to be within that limit. And you of course need to, to check all the boxes financially by talking to your, your financial advisor or working through a plan yourself and and making sure that you know, you're know you still going to have health coverage and, and benefits and that your savings goals are still going to be met because you're, that might be reduced with matching going down, so on and so forth. So reducing your FT is the, the, fir, the first way to, to go about this. The second idea is to, the I mentioned earlier, focus on the aspects that you love. So this could be getting rid of procedure X like we talked about earlier. In academics, this might be your focus on things that provide more freedom for your free time. So if dropping your kids off and picking them up is really important to you, then maybe you shift more towards research or towards teaching or administrative work that provides you a more flexible schedule and would allow you to accomplish your work goals and your life goals at the same time. So, you know, that provides that, that balance. But perhaps my favorite way that I've kind of instituted this mindset is my hell yes policy, because who doesn't like saying yes
1: yeah i i was actually poking around on your site and and saw that and i'm happy you're bringing it up because i definitely i had a little note for myself here is like make jimmy talk on his hell yes policy and so i'm curious like how did you think of this well i guess tell everyone what it is and then tell us kind of how you thought of it and how maybe they could implement
0: it yeah so a hell yes policy essentially involves any time that someone asks you to do something else so an additional commitment, a new committee or a new meeting that you have to go to, or an additional shift that is now being open that they're asking you to work. And basically the way that it works is, is now, that, now that I'm in this position, I don't say yes to anything unless it makes me say, hell yes. Like I'm thrilled and passionate about what you're asking me to do right now. So when they asked me to create a personal finance curriculum at the medical school, I said, hell yes, that's exactly what I want to do. That's where I want my career to go. And I want to, you know, make that my make that my mark on medicine in a way. You know how we educate our trainees. Well, when someone asked me to be on a committee to do peer review stuff on cases that have gone awry in the OR, I said, "Oh, hey, Jimmy, you know this this would really fit your skill set, and I think that you'd be really good at it. You know, you, you're outspoken and opinionated, and you'd be honest with people, but people really trust you. Would you be willing to do this?" And I said no, I'm not. Yeah, It's just because it wasn't something I'm passionate about. It's not that I wouldn't be good at it. I just, that's not what I w- wanted to do. And so it didn't make me say, hell yes. So I said no. And the the way that that came about was I actually had a couple of opportunities kind of pass me up and I was getting burned out. I had all this stuff going on. And I realized that the more I was adding to my plate, I was, I was just making everything so much worse. And so it got to a point of need, to be honest with you. I got to the point where like, if, if I just kept adding stuff, I w- it was just not going to be sustainable. I was going to be, I was going to, Just be
1: done. So for everyone kind of sitting here going like, yeah, I'd love to say no to these things, but won't I look upon differently or will that impact other things that have unintended consequences? So I'm curious, Like, as you've been saying no, how is that? changed for your have you experienced any of those things yeah
0: so you have to be careful about this i mean you obviously have to be tactful and have a bit of diplomacy
1: when you say no so you can't just like scream hell no i mean you,
0: you can that is that is an option. <laughs> not the best Maybe option not the best option no yeah so it absolutely has impacted me as i've made requests for you know getting more time off and that's more predictable and i've said no to some things you get kind of cast in a light, and and I don't know if this is true for everywhere, but you know there there seems to be a, be a bit of a generational gap when it comes to this stuff. So a lot of the old guard, you know they really kind of have a militaristic view of medicine that you just do your job because that's what you're supposed to do. You just put your head down, push the plow, and just do your job. And a lot of the younger generation is saying, well, I, I want to do my job, and I want to be really, really good at it. I want to be a good doctor, but I also want to be a good husband and a good dad. And I want to do all of that. I want to do it all. And I want to have balance. And so I found that- Are you talking yeah, about millennials? Yeah, world? hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're still, that's right. I, and, and I'm a millennial. You know, I was born in 85. And so I just I just meet the tail end of that, I think. Some call me- I'm in it too, but I'm on the tail end. Yeah, so some people refer to us as Xennials because we kind of are a hybrid between millennials and Generation X.
1: We're just, we're just confused. Is that yeah, what it well, is? Yeah, well,
0: I mean, if you listen to us, you can tell that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is unedited. This
0: yeah, how clearly. So but um but yeah, so because of that balance, you can't say yes to everything. So it's it, you just can't do that and and find that balance. And so what I started telling people to think about who'd asked me about this is like if you haven't considered every time you say yes to something, how that impacts your life, you're you're really failing somewhere. So the more things you say yes to at work means the more things you have to say no to at home and i just got to a point where i refused to put my family second to e- extraneous stuff at work that wasn't important to me and so when i when i started looking at it that way in my mind i was like look you know i'm i'm not i'm not saying no to you i'm saying yes to my family and that that really helped
1: yeah and i think everyone's got a, a turning point and some people experience it through something that maybe traumatic happens some people experience it just one day they wake up and they're like why am i doing that and hopefully You know again you're getting good information from different sources you're having great you know open lines of communication with your family your spouse and your kids if they're old enough but you're gonna and i've said it before on the show but at some point all of you are gonna realize that time is your most precious resource it's not money at all and when you realize that truly time is that most precious resource things will naturally start to change And some people find it very early in life, Mm -hmm. and some people find it very late in life. And, you know, everyone is different, right? Personal finance is personal. But hopefully, as you start to figure out how precious time really is, this might kind of expedite this this decision of, you know, should you look at something like partial FI or not? And and honestly, that's why I, I say it all the time on the show. Like, I'm so appreciative of everything that you know when listeners you guys are here listening to us mm-hmm. you're calling in like t- i know it takes time and i know how valuable time is and that's why i'm always saying you know thanks for coming thanks for being here It's why I'm, i try my absolute best to respond to every single email because you took the time out of your day to not do something else but to communicate with us or someone in the community and it's so important so again you know th- thank you for that as well
0: Completely agree. And and you know, I think that one of my favorite quotes that kind of helps encapsulate this idea is actually from uh, you know, the Dalai Lama. And I guess we can transition into our journal club after that. But I, I just think this quote says it all, so I'm not gonna say anything else. He was asked what the most surprising thing about humanity was, and this is what the Dalai Lama said. He said, Man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money, then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health, and then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he is never going to die and then dies having never really lived. That's just, I mean, if, once you realize that time is the most important thing that you have, it really does shape how you view things and making sure that you aren't a person that dies having never truly lived. You know—and and, and that's what this is all about, is finding that balance through these tools to help you find the life that you want to live.
1: Yeah, I think it's super well said. And the last little piece I'll have on it and then we'll transition over is, you know, from the Jimmy gave you a ton of great examples on how you could start, you know, achieving this and getting towards that from a financial standpoint. There's a couple things that I'd like you guys to all know. And really, it's the first one. And there's there's three I have kind of in my head here. And the first one is to really have a firm grasp on your cash flow. And I talk about, you know, the dreaded B word, you know, the budget and having money come in and how money goes out. And in order to do partial five, like you actually have to have a strong savings rate to absorb that reduction in pay, unless it's to bring in some additional income in a different field or hobby or whatever, and maybe they'll counterbalance a little bit. But you have to understand how money flows. If you don't, then you don't know if you could actually do this or not. And before you start making big changes in your career, it's the wise thing to do to figure out, can you actually afford to do something or at what point could you afford to do this, it might not be today. Honestly, it's probably not today. It might be a year. It might take three years. It took us three years to plan for Taylor to be gone for a year. Mm-hmm. That's okay, right? Everything is is personal to you. It doesn't matter what Jimmy did or what I did or what Jane down the road did. It's a single player. Game. It only you guys can do. Right. Uh, the second one is is you have to have a basic understanding of investments. I don't care if it's professionally managed or managed by yourself. Like it doesn't matter if someone even is even professionally management, you still need to understand your investments because at some point that will be your income. So you need to understand how those work, what you're investing in, what your money's doing for you. And I think the last thing and this one, it gets a bad rap because in the insurance industry sucks, (laughs) but you have to have the appropriate, it's true. You have to have the appropriate coverage to protect the remaining income that you're going to need. So, once you hit partial FI, you still have income and you still have to protect that income until you've reached true financial independence. So, make sure that you have the appropriate coverages in place. And if you could hit those three things truly understand your investments, have the appropriate coverage, and really, really have an, a firm understanding of cash flow and what you can and can't afford to do you're going to be well on your way to achieving partial FI. Well said. All right. Joining in our segment for the Journal Club, we're going to be discussing an article that was posted on the site Smart Money MD, titling Plateauing Net Worth and Lifestyle Inflation. And in it, the author Smart Money MD discusses events that can cause your wealth accumulation to plateau. And I think he does a really, really great job breaking down early career, mid-career, and late career physicians, like where you're at in, in your career, and some of the things that could occur during that specific point. While early in your career, you have time on your side. And this is where you, hopefully not, but you can make big mistakes and many of them will just be handled, and I put that in quotes, just because of the length of time you have to continue to earn income. And while it's obviously best not to make those mistakes and hopefully all of you listening are not making some of the big ones like you know buying too much home or purchasing whole life insurance from a fake financial planner or just being an ostrich when it comes to you know your student debt even down to you know our dreaded b word but i think smart money md said it best and i'm going to quote him real quick here many mid-career doctors end up plateauing their savings rates simply due to life changes or letting the reins loose a little too soon. This is where we are at the most risk of plateauing our net worth.
0: Yeah. You know, and I thought that was kind of interesting because, and not, not to play the devil's advocate here, but I think smart money MD is really smart with money. And, and so that's probably true for uh, a lot of people that understand this stuff and got it out of the gate from training. You know, they start having some success and then and then assume that the gravy train, as he calls it, is just gonna continue. And my experience is that most doctors don't know a lot about money, and so the the point where they make most of the mistakes is like you mentioned earlier, early in the career, when they buy the house, the you know they start having the kids, and all of a sudden childcare costs two grand a month, and all this other stuff just eats up all of that additional money that they have that could be going towards savings rates or paying down student loans. And so that's why, and I know we, we both have a, a rule here for this, but it's why I encourage people to employ the 10% rule when they finish and put 10% of their discretionary spending towards whatever they want, 90% in the right, the right place towards their, their debt or their investments. But I think early career is really you know, where, where people get hit hard when they don't know anything about money. And mid-career is probably true for, for those of us that have figured this stuff out early.
1: Yeah. I mean, kids obviously are expensive. And, you know, usually we see, and I joke about the Tesla all the time, but usually we see it as like these massive purchases, right? The big homes, you know, the, the cars, those things that are multiple thousands, tens of thousands of, or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the lattes at Starbucks. Like even if you got one every day, it's not going to be that it's going to be the big mistakes. And what he's saying is that you can kind of paper those over, right? Cause you have just so much time to earn. But I definitely agree with your observation. Is that the majority of the mistakes we're seeing is is really in that early career piece? And I see a ton of mistakes with student debt, and it's mm-hmm. mostly people are the ostrich, right? They toss their head in the sand. And they're like, "Oh, I'll figure it out later." So true. Like, uh oh, I've been in forbearance for five years, and that balance is half a million dollars now. Like, uh oh, what do we do? Right. In his article, the late career physicians, he basically said if you have a well thought out plan, not much can harm it other than economic recessions and obviously selling during market volatility would be, wouldn't be would be a really good thing to do either. But he said it well and when talking about how some physicians might not be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor due to healthcare related costs. And I wanted to quote this one. You can take your money to the grave but it might not do you too much good.
0: <laughs> you can't right? take it with you when you die. I tell my kid yeah. that all the time.
1: Nope, can't, can't. And I, I thought that was an interesting way I'd, to, to phrase it. So his, his main point though was to say like plateauing can occur for uh, several reasons, right? Kids, better vacations, bigger homes, basically everything when we talk about lifestyle inflation and it's natural to have some inflation in your lifestyle, especially sacrificing so much during, during training. And as he puts it, you know, what's important for doctors to realize is many of us are okay with working a full career, despite early retirement being the hot trend. Just make sure that lifestyle changes that you make don't have you overextend into your golden years. So we're going to make sure that we tag our friend Smart Money MD on social media so you can find this article quickly and easy. Definitely think you should take a look at it. It was it was re- done really well. and. That is, of course if you're following us so make sure you follow jimmy and i on social uh at financial residency and i'm still working on jimmy to change it's this first
0: physician philosopher you'll find it i'm there
1: eventually see if i give him enough shit, he'll eventually change it mm. so if you aren't following us you know what you need to do make sure you follow us so have a great week thank you guys so much for your time and being here hopefully you enjoy our episodes Uh, that we're putting out and we will see you on friday cheers take care